Alright, I'm back again with Graham Smith from Voluntary Japan. Uh, Graham, you're actually the first uh, return guest I've had on the podcast. So, um, But we said that I'd, I'd like to have you back on, and you've had a lot of... It's been a very interesting month uh, for you, hasn't it? Yeah, A couple months, right? Yeah, yeah. October was, was particularly insane, for right. sure. Yeah. But uh, glad to finally be back here. I know we've been, we've been talking about this, so yeah. Yeah. Thanks so, for me yeah. No. No problem. No worries. Uh, thank you for for being back on. So, um, let's start with uh, let's start on um, a positive positive note. You've um, your career has has changed a bit. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. I um, well, I was for seven about seven months doing full time blogging on Steemit and uh, just focusing on Voluntary Japan. Um, going down to Tokyo to interview people like uh, Ned Scott from Steemit, uh, Roger Veer, focusing on that and the unschooling thing basically full-time and trying to have a go at that. Um, but unfortunately, with the the way the market went with Steemit and, and such, um, uh, I don't know, it all kind of came together, and especially last month, uh, some events unfolded that I know you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. But everything kind of came together to where I didn't have the kind of... Um, what I needed really to uh, move forward anymore and also I have a family so to provide for them so um, yeah I'm back to teaching English a little bit for adults so um, but uh, the funny thing is I actually feel really good about it mm. <laughs> it feels really calm and peaceful right now it's a um, bit, bit less stress you know I guess knowing, yeah, knowing a, you a have of, that money coming in you know and a bit of structure mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so um, doing the full-time blogging without your own dedicated office and then trying to do, you know, unschooling. An office separate from your house, I guess I should say, unschooling and scheduling. So, I don't know, shit got crazy. It was an awesome seven months, but yeah, so now I'm I'm still doing all the blogging and um, I've, I've uh, significantly decreased the blogging on Steemit. Um, so I'm just focusing on what I started with pretty much. I'm still on Steemit. Uh, as Voluntary Japan, but I'm not really blogging under my old account, okay. uh, Kafkanarchy84, that much, and I'm focusing on YouTube and Patreon, and I'm doing less content, but I'm trying to make it um, higher quality content, or at least right. at a more peaceful pace for me. Like, I don't feel like I need to crank out three three or four posts a day now, um, you know, and I always try to make sure they're quality, but at the same time, it was pretty stressful trying to put out three or four posts a day, and that's that was my whole world. So, right. yeah, a lot, a lot of shit's been uh, has changed, and um, since the whole uh, Adam Kokesh, whatever, um, that whole debacle, even my views on kind of libertarianism and politics and all that stuff has changed as well. So, right. but it's nice to be talking to you tonight. I feel like I'm in a a bit more of a peaceful place here. So, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, I I'm. I'm not 100% sure what happened with Steemit. Did they I know they they switched networks or something or, or what 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 exactly happened to to sort of um push you away from from writing as much on Steemit? Yeah, Steemit is um they didn't switch uh networks, but I don't know if we had talked about this last time I did your show, but there was a uh, there were two 10 plus hour outages of the whole network like within two weeks Hmm. like it's akin to like the whole Bitcoin blockchain being down for a day 
twice in two weeks. So right. that's a lot of money, and um, I'm not a big investor, but Steemit is dependent on investors and people that believe in the tech. Um, so that that kind of you know um, raised my suspicions, I guess you'd say a little bit. And then some of the blogs from uh, Ned, who I mentioned earlier, the CEO, um, who I've had a lot of respect for, it just seems like they're taking it away from the steamit.com user interface. Um, it was pretty pretty blatant, actually, the way he said it. He's st- he said he's starting a new project, which they're calling, like, Destiny or some code name like that, and um, they're shifting attention away from steamit.com. And I felt like, hey, what the fuck? I have been all about steamit.com for two years now, like I've made it my life. Right. You guys said at the beginning, this was the destiny, this was the thing. And um, just kind of figured out that, although I wouldn't call it a scam, a lot of people have been had. Hmm. And it's similar to Dan Larimer, who was the co-founder of Steemit. Um, he pretty much left BitShares to start Steemit. Then he left Steemit to, to start EOS. And now nobody can sell their EOS because the mainnet's not launched yet. And I just started to feel like, you know, it really, I hate to say pump and dump, but it really is starting to feel like I see who's always winning from these exchanges. So then I started to kind of to back off a little bit. Um, and due to, due to basically just the markets being down, I started to cash out and power down a lot. So right. my account, Kafkanarchy84, uh, is... Uh, just a shadow of the of the mighty man it used to be hmm. as far as steam power goes but you know it's 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 kind of sad but at the same time like i said i, I kind of feel good about the uh, evolution and at the end of the day it's all about the content anyways and um, if i can you know the small audience i do reach that responds and is interactive uh, actually means more to me than trying to cast some huge net right just for popularity or whatever so I guess that's the long and short of it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I basically just figured out that their focus never was about making the Steemit user interface, steemit.com, the main thing. And and that's evidence for anyone that's been there for any amount of time. I mean, the developments that have actually happened to the user interface have been things like a button changing here or there, you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we got night mode. I can toggle night mode now. It's like, well, yeah, it's been two years and millions of dollars later. I I think the attention's probably somewhere else. Yeah, Steam is a is a cryptocurrency. I don't know. You know, I I think it might do all right uh, when their new smart media tokens come out in a few months. I just got tired of it, to to be honest, to trying to keep up with it all. So right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I was I was a bit unfamiliar with with it, what exactly went down but you know it, I, I'm not going to try and paint all cryptocurrency with the same brush because you know they're all different but there have been a lot of issues with um, altcoins uh, here in the past just year or so you know so it's uh, definitely it, it gets people a bit skeptical to even dip their toe in the water if they're even contemplating it yep yep and I think the other end of the equation it's kind of uh, discouraged me a bit was the regulation, which I don't I don't know if you've been watching, but like I've personally seen here and in Tokyo and Bitcoin circles, people are so afraid of not doing things by the book that the original utility of a lot of this stuff I feel like is decreasing. I don't know if you saw the news about that guy in the I think he's in the U.S. 
he invested a few thousand into crypto and ended up making like 400 G's in the crypto market. Wow. But it was all on Coinbase. He never cashed any of it out into fiat. Yeah. But when tax time rolled around, the way the laws work, yeah. it doesn't matter if you cash it out. The market had already crashed back down. Right, oh, but yeah. he still owed like hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, and he's like, "I don't fucking have the money." You know, I didn't even because they keep track right. way, the way they tax it, and it's like ah, it's just like I've become disillusioned a bit. Like I'm holding on to Bitcoin Cash because I believe in Veer, I believe in that, and a few others. But at the same time, I look around and I see even anarchists like, "Well, we got to use this exchange, and here's how you pay your taxes." And it's like, well. Damn, I'd rather have paper money, you know. This stuff is, yeah. you know, way more traceable. So, yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of that and then like you said, you got all the shysters and uh you know, it it could be something good, um but I think a lot of people are getting a little bit tired. Yeah. Uh, trying to follow which, well, which coin's good, which coin's bad. I don't know. There's 30 million ICOs and Right, right. Yeah. You know, so, and, and they all have like different philosophies behind them and stuff and, you know, you just kind of for for a, a newbie looking into it, it's just it it's overwhelming, and they most of them would just throw their hands up and be like, "Who cares?" You know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's um, that's for sure, and it's not that hard to make like a slick you know web page saying, "Here's my new ever." You know, you can get a great idea like. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring about world peace with my coin, and then you just make a slick website, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be world peace." Yeah, and call and it peace coin or, or something. yeah, peace yeah. coin, and then you know, then I'm on my yacht and peace coin tanks, but I've already got my you know, the cream skimmed off. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's 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 kind of discouraging, but I, I do think it it will prevail in small circles that want to use it as it's meant to be used. So I I think eventually. It's going to, uh, you know, digital currency is, is just going to win out. Um, yeah, it, yeah. When, when I first heard about it, I think I mentioned this, it reminded me of that game Shadowrun. Do you, do you remember that at all? Like, how they, I remember you mentioning that, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, they use, like, digital uh, credits or something. But um, when, when cryptocurrencies first came out, that's just what I imagined. You know, and a lot of, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily say money, but a lot of currency is digital anyway. You know, like even fiat currency is just numbers in a in a in a system somewhere. You know, so for sure. And like, look at here in Japan. Like, you know, you go to anywhere now, and it's like Apple Pay, mm -hmm. um, you know, Suica, Pasmo, whatever kind of card you got. So it's like right on the precipice of just tipping off. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, like uh, like Roger Veer, he tweeted here. Uh, I'll hold that up, but it says uh, censorship resistance via decentralization supersedes government authority. Right. Like he's one of the few saying things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rest are like, how much profit can we make and how can we mainstream? It's like, well, all right, you know. I know a lot of people hate Roger Veer, but to me, that's the idea. So like, yeah. and it mainstreams, like you said, it's gonna happen. Then it's gonna be you choose, you know. You right. Know, there's gonna be a group of people that are like, well, I'm not fucking telling you everything about this, and I'm gonna use the technology to to mask my transactions or whatever. So well, it's just like in investing in the stock market or in stocks. Also, there, there's there's risk in there, and there's definitely people that know more about it than than others. It's you know, so there, there's always going to be a level uh, learning curve 
to to these sorts of things and I just think people who blatantly just dismiss it now you know in 10 20 yeah. years time you know they're going to be yeah. wishing they didn't but at the same time we you know with the volatility of of cryptocurrencies right now who knows what direction it's going to go to you know totally yeah. totally yeah and like that guy in the states that got <laughs> got his ass taxed off well i guess he's hiring lawyers now to try to fight it but that's so discouraging too i mean even to a non-anarchist, non-voluntarist, oh, I'm I'm interested in cryptocurrencies, but wait, if I make a profit, and I'm not, am I in debt because of the profit? Like that's that's so fucking government, right? There, isn't yeah. it though? Like, if you make too much of a profit, you're gonna pay even more. Like, yeah, yeah, so ass backwards. But they gotta get they gotta get their grubby fingers on it somehow, you know. So yeah, I think that's yeah. why they they even hated if they it. Don't in understand the how it works. Right, yeah, that's why yeah. they hated it from the get-go. So we can't tax it. We can't. It's anonymous. It's more anonymous than than other forms of currency. You know, yeah, I can understand why people in power hate it. You know, and want to sure. either get rid of it completely or control it in some way. So that's, yeah, that's just. It's always how it devolves. Always how it devolves. You know? Totally, and it's funny because they hate math. <laughs> Because you can't cheat actual math, you know. If you've got a system based on sound equations and algorithms, there's no room for politics in there. So, right. Well, yeah. I think all politicians hate math, pretty much. You know, you show, oh, yeah. you show, oh, or definitely. not not just math, but just factual factual information. No matter what side, it's like, oh, you say this. Well, actually, here are the facts: fake news or you know whatever. It's like, okay, you know, True. most people don't seem to live in reality anymore you know <laughs> true everyone's true. chasing some sort of fantasy you know but um, yeah so you have you've been doing uh, something else uh, pretty positive here for a little while you're you're training for a marathon is that right yeah the uh, Shizuoka marathon 2019 in uh, February okay so February wow. 24th yeah, so this will be the second. Uh, I, I did my first marathon here in Niigata City in uh, 2017. Okay. And that was something I never knew I would do or never even thought. I wasn't even a runner, um, but it just hit me. Uh, I was actually working at a bar, and I was walking to work and just looked up and saw the sign for it, you know, and I liked the color scheme or something about the design. And something just happened. I was like, I'm going to just fucking do that. I, I don't know why, but I'm going to do it. Awesome. And then, like, even me to myself, I was like, "You're fucking crazy. You're not gonna do it." And well, the other that's cool, though. I, like, I mean, I yeah, it's funny how just yeah. walking by and seeing something just triggers actually, something, yeah, right? Yeah, tr triggers. Yeah, triggers something in yeah. you. But yeah, I mean, you were inspired by that to to run it, and you said, "Why the hell not?" So yeah, there, there was no other sort of motivation. You 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 never really like ran before, or, you know, unless you had to. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I no, and I, I ran like a little bit in school, but I hated it mm. because I was never good at it, and uh, I felt like this time I I just made it my own somehow, like because yeah. I wasn't competing with anyone, and um, I I think I needed something like that, like some kind of outlet. So for me, it's like half of it's about being outside and uh, like listening to ambient music and running through the city or running through the hills and for the mental, the, just the, the clarity I get from it. And so, yeah, so I signed up for, um, 
I bit off a huge chunk that I couldn't chew after the Niigata Marathon and tried to sign up for an ultra marathon. Oh, man. Around Mount Fuji, which was like 70 miles, like 100K, something like that. And that I just, just I tried brutal. to train in the snow here. I, I had, you know, I was putting screws in the bottom of my shoes, talking to like these hardcore pro runners. And and then we moved into this house. I got sick, and I was like, all right, I just got to no. swallow my pride and say, fuck that. Now, hold, so, hold, hold on. You mentioned something about yeah. putting screws in your shoe. What yeah. what does that do? I'm complete. I've never so, heard of people doing that before. Yeah, so on the ice, uh, it's really dangerous and hard to run, and it snows a lot here. So I have a pretty hardcore runner buddy uh, who told me, yeah, you can buy these little, you know, screws, short screws at the hardware store with like the, the hex, hexagonal mm. heads on them. Okay. We'll screw those into the soles of your shoes like you make cleats. It totally worked. Like I felt invincible like on ice, but it, it, at the same time, it's hard to run. In in I'm, shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was gonna say I'd be afraid of like having holes in my feet, you know, from yeah. From the oh, I did, trust me, I fucking I tested it out yeah. quite extensively because I didn't want to stab my feet, but uh, yeah. So just signed up for this Izuoka uh, one, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trained for that, and it's pretty enjoyable. I actually made a little course uh, here in my town now, and I'm, I think I'm gonna run it tomorrow, maybe. Um, just a little mini race. I'm going to end at an onsen, a hot spring. Um, nice. Maybe like a 12 mile run. So. Oh, that's nice. It's like a hobby, you know? It's, well, it's fun. It's fun. Keeps me sane. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm more of a gym, gym guy, but when I do go out running, you know, I'll run maybe two to three kilometers, you know, in a single, single go. And, um, and, you know, many years ago, I, I used to run just a, lose a, a lot of weight and I know that uh, after you run for a, an, an extended period of time you just kind of get this everything just feels more peaceful and like there's no you're not worried about anything like even the most stressful thing you're just like yeah yeah whatever you know like yeah. you feel good and and that running just makes you feel at peace you know and so that's uh it is is that another reason why like you said the mental oh hell yeah for yeah. sure for yeah. sure uh yeah my head's a mess half the time man but if mm -hmm. after i go run i don't know if that's what you know they call it the runner's high or whatever but uh i feel like the the files in my head just get kind of sorted out it's like my buddy patrick told me he was a Defrag. runner too defrags your, your head yeah. yeah exactly that's yeah. exactly the word the word i was looking for but it's like you have conversations with people that you you've been afraid to have, and like you, you know you role play all this weird shit. None of it's planned, but by by like you said, once you're so far into it, you just kind of hit this kind of peaceful, almost surreal place where it's like, all right, whatever, I'm ready to handle whatever now. Mm -hmm. Just it, for me, it's like it gives you some space, you know, between you and all the stuff that's in your head, and yeah, and it kind of helps, you know, to yeah, defrag and reorganize and. Uh, and even to f just figure out what stuff is not really important <laughs> yeah. that you may, may have been thinking about or may have been taking up space. So, right. And I've, I've experienced a high, too, a little bit, which has kind of been more pronounced than just that defrag where it's like <laughs> you, start, you you feel like you've done a drug. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's cool, too. And and combined with, like, I listen to, like, uh, ambient playlists, um, it gets pretty trippy sometimes, depending. <laughs> when you're running if you're running at night it's like uh, almost kind of taking a visit to another planet 
So yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not competitive really in any sense with anyone other than myself. Uh, but right, you know, yeah, I was, was going to ask what what time of the day do you you usually run, or do you have a set time, or do you just go whenever you have the time? Just go whenever I have the time. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times that ends up being late at night, which I actually prefer. Yeah. Um, kind of you know antisocial and introverted sometimes as much as I blog. But uh, I like just the empty paths at night, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely less people at the park that I go running in uh, at nighttime, but they, they shut all the lights off around 10, so it's, oh, okay. it's almost pitch black, you know, at that point. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad I uh, have a, enough vitamin A <laughs> to kind of help me see. But, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I found if I just, it's, it's easier for me to, to exercise at nighttime. Um, it's just easier it, there's less of a mental obstacle there I guess but I always find that if I get up in the morning and and do like strenuous exercise in the morning the hardest part is just actually getting out and doing it but once you do it the whole rest of your, your day just it just makes the rest of your day less stressful and you know it's just it's that's totally. for me. I think that's the best time to do it. The hardest part is just getting out there and getting, doing it in the morning. Yeah. You know, because you don't. In the morning, you just feel like nah, I don't want to do anything. I, I need four cups of coffee before I can even look, right. at, look at anything. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. It kind of. I don't know. It kind of sets the sets the pace. Not to make a terrible pun for the rest of the day. It just kind of. You know, it yeah. gives you a good foundation. You just feel good. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit less stress for sure. But yeah, I mean, with so many things going on, you know, you need that sort of, um, as you said, mental outlet. You just it just like gets unloads all all that stuff out. You know, totally, yeah. totally, yeah. yeah. And um, and I like to um, the first marathon I ran, I was reading that uh, the Murakami Haruki book. Um, what I talk about when I talk about running, which is a nonfiction about his training for marathon stuff and stuff and I I kinda identify with him too because it was kinda the same way like he's not a fucking great runner um, he's mediocre at best really but the way he thinks about running and music and art kind of uh, inspired me so I kinda use that as my little training book and then there was actually practical training advice in that book too um, so I'm actually keeping a blog. Um, I haven't totally given up on blockchain. There's a site called Scorum, mm -hmm. uh, which is sports, all sports. It's like a sports-based steam it. So most of my, well, a lot of my blockchain blogging energy is going into that right now, which is just a, a training blog for the Shizuoka thing. But um, but like I said, that's I'm enjoying that. You know, I'm not doing that to try to make <laughs> right right. It, it's it's so. kind of you're um, keeping a log of what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I don't know. Running's running's something that I never would have thought that I would be into because I always just thought of it as some school competitive kind of thing, right? School sport. But this is, I don't know. It's become almost something creative, I guess, and uh, gives me lots of space. So yeah, well, yeah. well, good. I wish you luck. I mean, I I need to uh, motivate myself more to get out running on, on days. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed at you guys that can do like the gym and, and lifting and stuff because that's something that I don't understand the discipline like for that. Like I almost have to have a big 
path and goal and like yeah. you know I, I got friends that like lift and stuff and that, that's like wow well i i have to change mine up because if i do the same routine i'll get bored like i was doing the same routine for almost two years and damn in october i just i got burnt out i just i could i yeah. there i went there was like a three-week period where I just didn't go, and I just I just don't want to go. I mean, I even considered canceling my membership and just buying a, a barbell just to practice at home. One is cheaper, but then I realized, you know what? If I if I don't set my exercise point to somewhere outside of where I live, it's not going to get done. You know, like, yeah. I have to have like the physical environment be different. You know. Yeah. And so, um, I've. I've just now changed it up to where I, I was going, you know, th- three, four times a week, but now I'm trying to see if I can go s- five to six times a week, but do, but f- focus more on certain, certain areas. Like, um, the two or three days I used to go before I'd hit a bunch of areas in one day and then wait a couple of days and hit the other half of the body. Like I do upper body, lower body, Yeah. but now I'm focusing one day would be only like arms and core and then next day is legs only you know and then shoulders and so I'm going to the gym more often so that's creating the, the habit there and uh, I'm, I'm doing right. more um, I wouldn't say isolation because I'm still doing barbell stuff but um, I'm, I'm still trying to hit the entire body and so that's actually it's my body's um, not used to that so it's it's actually once you hit start hitting a plateau like you don't grow much but when you change something erratically yeah. it kind of shocks your body into grow, starting to grow again yeah and, and and two um it's just it's creating a little bit of motivation there you know for sure it seems like it should be more of a sustainable cycle too instead of just like blasting your whole body then like taking a break yeah to yeah. kind of keep that wheel rolling is there actually a term in lifting called muscle confusion I've, is, is that a thing or was that I've, I've heard mu- I know there's muscle memory yeah I know muscle memory there's maybe muscle memory, I, I was watching some satire video about lifting I didn't know if it was from a, a real thing or not but this guy's like he was ripped so it was like his video but he's like I, I practice muscle confusion like I get all ready to go to the gym and then I go there and then instead I just have a cigarette and go party <laughs> it's like oh, it was okay. a joke it yeah, was a joke yeah. but but, I just wonder if muscle confusion was actually a thing, like where you you kind of gear up to do one thing, then surprise your body. Uh, I I don't know about that. It, it sounds like though, like kind of what I was saying. How if, if yeah, you, if yeah, you change a, up your routine and and do something completely different, it'll like shock it into yeah, shock you out of the yeah, plateau. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I I mean I'm not like a huge super into it. You know, um, there's all sorts of forums and bro science out there that that people follow and I just you know um, the people at the gym there's really two ways you can go about it there's powerlifting which is for or strength training I, I should say there's more strength and then there's um, more aesthetics where people are looking to look bulky and muscly you know and the two can the two can be exclusive or you can combine something with like a hybrid sort of way and for me, I just want to be healthy, you know. Yeah. And and part of it is is aesthetics. I mean, that's you know losing the bit of body fat that I've that I still have, you know. But that's uh that's just a personal goal. But overall, well, yeah, that's, yeah that's, overall, that's, I'm not like you know some some dudes spend three or four hours a day every day in the gym. And I 
I don't I don't see how they can do it. It's, it's just, yeah. But if that's what they're passionate about, then you know, more power to them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the fit the fitness is a huge thing too, for sure. I mean, that's um, that's kind of a nice byproduct of running too. It's like I've lost a few pounds over the past few months, and like yeah, you just start to feel a little bit better, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, actually, um, what's become quite popular in Utsunomiya in the past few years have been kickboxing gyms like Muay Thai. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I've, I've considered joining something like that just to kind of change things up, you know. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's a fucking workout too. Yeah. There's a few. There's a few in Niigata too. It seems to be growing in popularity as well. Yeah. Kickboxing. So I'm, I might might see if I join that and kick the bag a little bit. But uh, yeah. plus, plus it teaches you a you know self-defense, self-defense at the same time yeah so become lethal and get fit yeah, yeah there you go sure. there you go uh i definitely probably canceled the the other gym membership though if i did that just i don't want to be paying double memberships yeah so yeah but now kind of branching away from uh the exercise or the you know that sort of thing you you started an, another new venture right like a your own sort of side business yeah just a, a little business like mm-hmm. um, nothing big uh, just an eBay slash direct sale kind of uh, toy company for like uh, collectible video games toys and uh, whatever kind of memorabilia from Japan yeah. uh, so it's called voluntary toys I started it actually um, a couple years ago and then sold a few uh, Famicom games original Famicom which uh, for your audience in the U.S., that's Nintendo, but it's the mm-hmm. Japanese version, family computer. Yeah. Sold some of those, and then it kind of just, you know, trailed off, and I thought, well, maybe that's not going to work. I don't know, but I never closed it down. And then when Steemit started to kind of uh, get funky and the crypto market did as well, I thought, well, maybe I'll try this again. And um, started doing that, and yeah, there's a million ways. Like, um, I was inspired by Gary Vaynerchuk, too. Just, you know, there's we have kind of a, a logistical advantage here in Japan where like we can go to uh, Daiso or the, the mm-hmm. Hyakuben shop, the dollar shop, and you can pick up like a, a coloring book uh, like Doraemon or Pikachu. And some people in the States want those. And so like you can actually make a profit by providing them the service of sourcing that. Yeah. yeah. Where it seems ridiculous, like, but you know, I've actually sold a couple of those. And, um, so doing that, and then I also came across, it's fun to hunt in the resale, resale shops. Uh, I found a really cool collectible Disney thing. I, I fucking hate Disney, but I found this really rare, uh, unopened Disney-like um, diorama. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were selling it for two bucks, 200 yen. And I looked it up yeah. online. It's worth like a, it's worth like 150 bucks, but it was wow. just this people's shop. So like... It's kind of like a hobby for me now, but yeah. it's something that if it does, you know, uh, work out, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a, another an alternative source of income. Right. So I've got a Twitter for it. It's just uh, I think it's uh, at Toys Voluntary, and um, kind of combine it a little bit with the voluntarist philosophy, um, not like preaching it at people, but just having that in the background as you know. Yeah free trade and um exactly yeah it's it's not just on ebay like i I tell people they could dm me if they want to do crypto purchase and we'll work something out Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, you know, um, I got a friend named Amir. He's actually, where is he? Is he in Croatia? Uh, Amir Alzubi. He's a children's author, and um, so he's on Twitter as well. And so he writes children's books, and um, so we kind of are trying to help each other uh, retweet and promote each other's okay. ventures like that. He's got like, uh, he's got a big family. I forget how many kids, but. Um, He's been a big supporter of Voluntary Japan, and so then now he's kind of uh, supporting the Voluntary Toys thing. Well, that's cool. But yeah. like he yeah. writes ANCAP books for kids. Like he sent one to my son, which was like about uh, the inventor of the radio flyer. Yeah. Uh, who was a, a poor guy from some European country, and he writes them for children to understand uh, free market. Oh, free man. Market. That's, that's, it's pretty sick. Like the shit I was that, going to say, that's great. Like, yeah. I, we. <laughs> I have the, the books in the other room. It's pretty wild. Yeah, he's so he's a super nice guy. So he kind of inspired me to to try some other stuff and put some energy into that voluntary toys thing. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um, yeah, I, I know I've seen some of the um, like hobby shops even around here. I've seen still in the package. These were obviously American toys, but so they're more expensive here. But yeah, it's like the original. Like late '80s, early '90s, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. figurines still in the package, unopened. And I looked down, and, and it was only like 700 yen for it. And I, really? Yeah, I didn't buy it because at the time I, I didn't even think. I was just like, "Oh, I remember this," and then I just kind of yeah. walked off. <laughs> and then I was thinking, "Man, I should have bought that. I could, I could make a, I can make a, dime, I can make a dime off that, you know." So could have flipped that for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they they have random stuff they're like that yeah so. it's like the the hard off and the off house i don't know if, are, are those down oh yeah, yeah okay. oh yeah i, I so, spent i know, spent some time in hard off a lot yeah yeah <laughs> took me three years to get over that name yeah uh, but uh yeah so this uh you know for your viewers there's a resale shop that's really nice and really clean and organized called hard off which is you know uh funny mm -hmm. in and of itself but though they know what's going on like their pricing is usually because um, they've got like you know huge databases now, so like they're searching all the toys. But you can still find stuff even there um, oh, when yeah. they they get inundated. It's kind of in the back. Yeah, um, like the 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 used Famicom games are yep. are unreal how cheap they are. And yeah, like, and there's stuff that yeah, I, I'd, I'd seen in like magazines as a kid. I was like, that's never coming to the U.S. And sure enough, I just came across it just the other day. It's like 200 yen. I go fuck. You yeah, know, that's. It's, yeah. it's just right there, you know? Yep. So. Yeah, and they don't have time to check all the stuff that's in the junk section either. So, like, I bought a Super Famicom for, like, five bucks from the junk section and plugged it in. It works. So. Yeah. It didn't have it's to interesting, but like that, blow in. That, <laughs> yeah, just blow in a little bit. Yeah. That Disney thing, though, was at this uh, kind of non-chain, you know, mom-and-pop shop. And it was, you know, they were just trying to get rid of it. So I was half expecting when they rang it up at the register that it's going to be like some huge price and the sticker on it was just an old one, but no, it was two bucks. The hardest thing about the toy shop though so far for me is is finding the market. Like I have this mm. stuff that I know it's worth because I'm watching other people sell it for this much, but finding, like getting that exposure and... Uh, just go to uh, otaku forums on Reddit or something. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's what you need to do, right? Yeah. So... You I don't know. Know yeah, your audience, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's fun. It's kind of on the back burner, but I also have a personal interest with my son and and just 
being someone that loved fucking Nintendo and action figures, yeah. and I just don't have time to spend on that now, and this kind of gives me an excuse to at least yeah. dip my toes into that world a little bit. Man, that, that, that's got to be great, like, showing your son, like, the games that you played and, you know, just... Yeah, like, he's a bigger Mega Man fan than I was now. Like, <laughs> I never, I never would have predicted that, you know? Yeah. We busted out Rockman, which is what it's called here, and I was like, Daddy used to play this game all the time! Mm-hmm. And then now, like, he knows more about it than me, and he's obsessed with it. And it's like, I never could have predicted that back when I was, you know, nine or ten, like... Makes you feel good though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it totally does. It's yeah. like, it, and it makes you realize what a successful company Nintendo is to be like, capture generation after the the hearts and minds of yeah. generation after generation. I mean, say say what you will about Nintendo, like I, I think some of their business practices are so out of date about some of their systems, like um, just their online stuff here. I mean, they're they're really kind of way behind. Sony, they? Sony and Microsoft in that realm, but they have the the name brand. Like people will buy the stuff regardless, and they their first party games, you know, like the ones that are Nintendo made, are still great. You know, so yeah, they, yeah. While on the technical side, they're meh, you know they're still they have a lot of catching up to do, and the business practices are a little meh. You know, they they still put out quality uh, games at least. You know. Yeah, I was. I don't know too much about um, about that. I, I know I was disappointed that I couldn't get GTA Five. <laughs> okay, well, on, on Switch now, on I mean, Switch. they they have more mature Switch. games. We just so. bought a Switch. Yeah. But then I googled it. And it's like I can't see how to get this because I, I guess there was some issue with the the content or something. Uh, well, they have Skyrim on there, which is unedited. You know. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, this is the first. Nintendo system in a, a while that's allowing mature games on it. Okay, but, yeah. well maybe yeah, like I, I just got we just got my son a Switch for his birthday and I was like you know half it was like half <laughs> half excited like yeah yeah wait, I get to play it too and I'm gonna fucking shoot cops yeah. and hang out and have fun playing <laughs> GTA Five. Oh okay. man, I, I've I've been all into Red Dead Redemption too. Oh dude, that game looks so awesome. It is. You have it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's oh, great. killer. Yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos on it just like I don't even have a game system that, you know. Oh man, I, and I I got I over the summer I bought uh an Xbox One X which in Japan uh, it's abysmal the sales of it's like 19 units sold last year. You know. Wow. So yeah, like Dang. yeah, Microsoft has a shit market in in this country, but you would think that would make the system cheaper. But it, it isn't. But uh, I, I got that. But apparently for Red Dead Redemption 2, that's the best system for it. Oh, cool. And I I put some money down and I, I bought a nice uh, 4K TV. So Damn. That, that looks amazing. Oh, and bad. so it, like, you can get lost in that game. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, the, just the, 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 the map and the landscape looks so awesome. Like, like I said, I can't even play it, but like I'm just transfixed by these YouTube videos. Like, oh my god, it it's, looks so cool. It's amazing, yeah. And so. like the, the the reputation and like the the way like you develop your character mm-hmm. seems so cool. Like you know, if you're an, if you're if you're an unsavory person, the way people react to you differently and stuff. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. Neat concept. Well, like, and you can form your own sort of morality too. So um, you 
I'll just give you like an example. There's random encounters you can have, and you know, like there was a woman that was trapped underneath it. Like her horse died and fell on top of her, and you have a choice of to leave her there or <laughs> or rescue her. Like yeah, I chose to rescue her, just because uh, my the character I'm playing, you know, is not a completely evil bastard. You know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And then you know, give her a ride back back to her her um, her, her town, and you get obviously good reputation points for that, but. Um, another encounter I had was there's a guy who's bit by a rattlesnake and he was laying on the side of the road dying and he's like hey you gotta help me you gotta help me and the options are to suck out the venom yourself with your mouth and I just I just did just did him a favor I just pointed the gun at him and shot him in the head it's like (laughs) I just do you a favor man you know like oh my god yeah so it's it's sort of like sorry friend boom you know so (laughs) Because he, he was going to die anyway, probably, so it's like, just <laughs> save him some suffering. But, you know, you can do that sort of thing, and yeah, um, just the, the random, like, some of the details of the game that are just so random that make you just sit there and think, wow, this is crazy how much they've put into it. Like, I was just riding along, and a bird fell out of a tree dead and hit my, hit my guy. Like, the bird so just randomly died, and it fell out of the tree. And you can pick it up, and I just stuffed it in in my bag, you know. So sounds like, uh, yeah, it's getting closer and closer to the 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 limitless permutations of real life, right? With yeah. just random shit happening. Well, speaking of random shit, your horse shits. So you, I saw that. I yeah. did see that. Yeah, yeah. and I watched it, one video that was cracking me up, man. It, maybe it was because it was late, but it had me almost in tears. It was like we're gonna see. I think they're gonna release the next one soon too it's like, I forget which channel but like we're gonna see how much of a rat bastard we can make our character like they made him as dirty and stinky and, and rude as possible <laughs> yeah. like every interaction was an insult you know just killing random people starting fights everywhere they went this, some of, games like that are such a catharsis sometimes it's just yeah. some, it's of the, some of the brutality in the game I like I'm not squeamish about stuff but some of the stuff you can do in that it left me sort of like Really? Damn. Yeah. So maybe I haven't seen it. Oh wow! Like you That's can rob, you can rob a train, right? And yeah. you can hold rob rob individual people on the train. And uh, there was a video I saw where this guy would just go through, and every person they would say, you know, please, please, just take whatever I have. You know, they give him the money, and then he'd just take a shotgun and just blast their face off. You know, and you're just like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God, you know, like. <laughs> It's, I did it's see horrible. some of those headshots. That was nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, but w- to me, I, what I think the one of the best systems on there is if you commit a, a crime, the wanted, like yeah, like wanted. It's like a wanted meter, really. Like a level. And, yeah. Yeah, and depending on the severity of the crime, <coughs> you get you could get a bounty placed on you. So if like if you right. kill, kill any lawmen, you get a wanted, dead or alive sort of. Thing. And bounty hunters will come after you. You know. So yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a really fun game, but that's cool. Yeah, back in the day when I was playing GTA Three, I think I I didn't really do the missions so much, but like <laughs> I just play sometimes for fun and see like how 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 many wanted stars I could get and <laughs> pull up in the corner of a bank and see how long I could last. You know, when the feds and helicopters come. But yeah, this the Red Dead Redemption man. It's a uh, or two is like uh, it's something else for sure. Yeah, and I guess there was some issue on YouTube. Did you hear about that? Videos being pulled because of uh, uh, guys were making videos 
Well, they were pretty distasteful for sure, but it was like where they're just killing women on the game and like, because hmm. you can play live uh, online, right? So like not, some of these not yet, not yet. It's coming. Oh, you can't. Okay. Well, it's coming soon. You you eventually will be able to, but it's not out yet. Okay, so it must have been a fake scenario because they were saying these are feminist players, but. These guys were saying, oh, this is a feminist and like hog tying women and dragging them behind their horse and all kinds of st stupid shit. Um, which I'm not laughing because that's funny, but I'm laughing because if you saw the game, it's just fucking stupid. Well, I'm laughing because it's funny because that's, that's, <laughs> that's how all feminists should be treated. <laughs> there you go. Well, but yeah, I guess a couple, there was a big stink on YouTube and some, some things got pulled or edited, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, that surprises me. The only censorship I've seen, I've heard from, of YouTube doing that is um, from Rockstar. Like some gameplay footage leaked before the game was released, and they took it down. Oh yeah. But that's that's obvious, you know. That I, I haven't yeah. heard. That, yeah. Um, doesn't surprise me though with YouTube, honestly. So. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I I don't know. Someday, someday, Red Dead Redemption Three comes out. I'm gonna play. Oh man, that. At that, at that point, you you can be in. Gonna the be game. VR. You, you could live the game, you know. But yeah. It's uh no, it, it's it's great, you know. Especially, uh, you had a stressful day, and but the game itself is not really fast paced. It's it's really slow. Like it it takes a while to do everything. There's very there is fast travel, but you you have to work to do it, and it's it's not exactly instant, you know. Um, yeah. Everything goes at a, you know. 19th century pace pretty much so even though you can do a lot of horrendous stuff you can do a lot of cool stuff and it's just at the end of the day you know it's it's actually quite a relaxing game you know yeah yeah, yeah. so it and, seems like it, it seems like it could be quite addicting addictive uh yeah so that's why I regulate it only when I <laughs> <laughs> come home after I come home from work oh there's nothing else to do I've taken care of everything alright now I can fire it yeah up, you know, that's the best time yeah that's yeah. the best to play. You know what? I don't like uh, what I saw. Like, everything looked cool, except he needs to smoke his cigarettes longer, and he needs to drink his booze longer. Like, he takes one puff and throws them on the ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, you actually can... I Maybe the I haven't tried the cigarettes yet, but uh, with the booze, you, you actually get at least three or four drinks, and it depends on how... how oh, hard, really? Yeah, how hard you press the button. So. Oh, really? Yeah. The camp, camp I was at was having a party, and you know you can get a, a beer, and if you t just tap the button, he just takes a swig, right? If you yeah. press it, if you press it down quite hard, he'll just like down the whole fucking <laughs> bottle, you know. So, Shotgun it, yeah, or uh, crush it, yeah. There's quite a funny mission where you take one of your buddies and you just get shit faced at the saloon, and it gets so bad that he, like they they end up fighting each other just because they're drunk, you know. But then you lose your friend and you try to f look for him but every person every patron in the saloon including the the women look like your yeah. friend you know and so uh, you but... have to go up and drunkenly ask them are you my friend you know and it's uh, <laughs> you end up getting in like a bar fight and getting thrown out into the mud and the police chase after you and you know it's it's a fun type mission like you don't kill anybody you just yeah. you know you just have, get yeah yeah <laughs> But then there's like some dark stuff, like um, a, a prostitute asks for your help because the John she was with was trying to kill I her. Saw, yeah, I saw yeah. a clip of and, that mission, and she ends up killing him. And she asks you to dispose of the body, and 
you have to take it to the pig pens out back. <laughs> so nice. you ever see uh, the show Deadwood, you know, you know how that's a, a way to dispose of some bodies is throw them to the pigs. Throw them you know? pigs, yeah. yeah. But no, man, it's, it's, it's great. It's a fun game. So if you ever get a chance, try it definitely. out. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely want to try it out for mm. sure. So you've had a stressful October. Is that right? Yeah, it's been crazy stressful. Yeah. Uh, would you care to divulge what what exactly happened yeah. and and, and yeah. why and how and how it got into that uh, situation? I would love to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, at the beginning of October, I was it. Yeah, end of end, end of September. Hmm. Begin. I got a contact from someone I didn't know uh, on Facebook, and they said, "Hey, um, I'd like to talk to you about Adam Kokesh." smiley face and I thought okay this is probably one of I for some background for your viewers I've been critical of Adam Kokesh's uh, 2020 presidential campaign uh, for two years now basically um, because in in my view it's um, directly opposed to voluntarist principle and I think he's kind of something of a scam artist now I think he's a total con artist and a dangerous person uh, but at that time I just was writing articles kind of exposing some stuff um, about the campaign and that resulted in their campaign actually losing funding on Steemit which was their main source of income at that time which is kind of stupid for a campaign but they were making a lot of money they had a delegation of I think it was half a million dollars so basically what they could do is um, upvote their own content which they did heavily and just basically it pays the pay themselves through this delegation from quite a wealthy libertarian guy that wanted to support them and I and I know this guy and I like this guy and um, he saw my articles and um, Kokesh started doing some questionable stuff on Steemit uh, some abusive behavior on the platform that combined with my writing resulted in this uh, huge delegation being pulled back to some extent then the campaign begged the guy, please, you know, give us another chance, whatever. That's kind of the backstory. I got contacted by this person who said, uh, I'm an info security expert, kind of like a hacker, kind of like a white hat hacker, but actually just infosec, um, with some ties uh, to some pretty um, remarkable, I guess, firms and people that have capabilities to do some really nasty doxing, hacking, um, character assassination up and up to and including like bugging of cars and wow. shit like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they said, you know, I didn't know what to believe at first, but they said you were targeted by the Kokesh campaign. Uh, their uh, chief political strategist Ben Farmer. Um, here's the screenshots of him talking to me. They presented you as a really evil guy who was costing them tons and tons of money. And so I thought you were some government agent or some overseas hacker, um, and I was going to take you out, like cyber, cyber terror or whatever. Um, ruin my life through, you know, stealing financial information, harassing me and my family, up to and including physical intimidation, um, potentially. And I was like, holy shit, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I saw the screenshots, um, and I, you know 
kind of had to vet this infosec person because I don't know who they are. Like, are they lying to me? Is it like 4D chess? You know, is uh, the Kokesh campaign trying to get me to freak out and make up, you know, say, I've been stalked. Just crazy shit. Um, so I asked uh, Ben Farmer about it. I said, hey, these screenshots I got, you know, is this you? I didn't say, didn't make an accusation. And I was immediately blocked. Uh, so then I went to the press secretary, uh, was blocked. He called me a troll <laughs> and, um, I, I don't know. It's just so much shit. I don't want to ramble and talk too much cause it probably sounds confusing, but, uh, basically they all denied it. Um, well they didn't deny it as just dance around it, um, saying that it's a lie and also they didn't know about it at the same time, which in order for something to be a lie, you have to know about it and investigate it, right? Right. Um, and then I got information that I can't divulge because people uh, released it to me in confidence, even conversations with Ben Farmer, his reaction to this stuff. So I pretty much know that they're guilty. And um, so it was a month of just trying to get this information out there. And uh, thankfully, I had some help from Larkin Rose, who has a huge audience, which, yeah. uh, and it lended credibility to me because just me every day ranting on Facebook Live about how I was targeted, um, while there might be some great, good people out there that are going to actually listen, a lot of people, especially Kokesh supporters, were like, well, what the hell are you talking about? But right. more and more people started to see more evidence surfaced. Um, I was then able to release a video of this uh, InfoSec uh, phone and the the signal app opening and the conversation and uh, you know the artifacts, the digital artifacts of scrolling through a conversation. Um, so it's like pretty damning, right? But even now they haven't said anything except to kind of uh, mock and block and um, Kokesh himself, uh, you know, you know, has has called it lies and has blocked me. And uh, but at the same time, he said uh, the other day, I'm not. I, I can't say if they were fabricated or not. And uh, it just, I asked. It seems this, a bit fishy, right there. You know. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. I mean, they're doing everything. Like, like I said, I have no doubt. Um, plus, they have a track record of <laughs> intimidating women and children, and these these are all screenshotted as well. Yeah. But they just managed to slip out of every scam somehow. Um, and I'm this time it's not going to happen and it hasn't happened uh, this one kind of took the cake um, <clears throat> but yeah basically all that stuff came out um, and I asked to kind of tie this up here this summary up I asked the the white hat hacker the infosec person what would have been done to me had this been successful had you not seen that I was not an evil guy and done the right thing, right? Um, which this person did, and I thank them, and I think they're a good person. They're not hacking good people; they just were exploited by the campaign. Uh, but uh, this person gave me a huge list, which you know, uh, I tell people when I was reading it, like the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Like people actually do this shit to people. Yeah. Like you know, I'm pretty naive, I guess. I know that shit's real, but it's like this is. It involved systematically destroying my personal relationships, like things like, um, you know, maybe putting shit in my computer, maybe making my wife think that I'm cheating on her, uh, uh, maybe up to and including stealing my financial data, you know, stealing money from me, 
And in the screenshots, uh, Ben Farmer said um, about me, I can only reach him digitally, so I need your help. Which, to anyone that can read between the lines, like, well, how else, how are we reaching each other right now? Why would you need to reach me physically, and what are you going to do? And the description the InfoSec gave me was pretty much up to and including, like, even physical um, harassments and threats. And, you know, digital kidnapping, taking my kid's picture and using it on, you know, porno sites or using it for scams like shit like that so god that 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 make me I've furious been dude just yeah. infuriated yeah. and a lot of people are like well you've been so calm on the facebook videos it's like yeah but i'm not fucking sleeping you know i fucking hate these guys like just i even went so far as to tell a diehard kokesh disciple i was like if he would just face me directly and say we did this i can't believe it i'm sorry I would never forget what they did, um, but that would at least have some semblance of honor to it. Right. And this, now you know he's back on the campaign trail trying to collect money again. Uh, the good news is <clears throat> his reputation is pretty much shot in the dick now. And, and wherever they're trying to go, like people are refusing to debate with him. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Patrick he... Smith uh, has been a big help. He did a really uh, unbiased analysis of the evidence like really balancing well Graham could have technically fabricated this but this doesn't look so easy to fabricate but what it made me realize was how many people are not honest um, mm -hmm. I've completely I've never been political but I completely don't I don't trust people that are actively seeking to do things for the libertarian party anymore and a lot of voluntarists uh, I think you know, I had I had people messaging me that I didn't know trying to stand up for Adam, like strangers. It was yeah. bizarre. Like I know what they did was wrong, but he's really struggling right now. So you know, I just started blocking people. Yeah, I was gonna and say these are, these are voluntarists. Um, finally, you know, thank goodness he's not going to be going to Anarchapolco this year, which is hmm. a big thing that I was waiting on because I. People have lots of opinions about those people and Jeff Berwick, and I have my own too. Well, that's why uh, I was but, sorry to interrupt you. That's why I was going to. Oh, ask sorry. You, yeah, go ahead. yeah. You said um, you had like some support from Larkin Rose. I know that Jeff Berwick was informed of about this. Um, what was his stance on it? Do you know? Or he didn't take one for like until I. I feel until his hand was forced. But to his credit, he took the right stance. Yeah. Um, he uh he was busy though too. So and, and I don't know Jeff. I know I know a lot of the the rumors and stuff and people say he's a scammer and shit like that. I don't know the full story, but are you what talking I do about know the, the uh, Gulds Gulds? Yeah, in Chile. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that that I had guys from that hmm. start to text me and say, well, don't just attack Adam. Expose all these other people too. Like writing me novels about. It was just a crazy month, man. Um, but yeah, finally. Uh, Berwick said, you know, the uh, the answer Kokesh gave was not satisfactory, so he's not going to be there. And I think I think that's going to send a big message to people. But it really was a wake-up call at how many people, for me, um, regarding how many people think for themselves and how many people just are fans. Yeah. Uh, because I, I had a whole lot of people that I thought would have spoke up and been really, like, you know, Surprising. vocal. Mm-hmm that were just dead quiet because they were afraid of stepping on toes um, because 
they were friends with Adam. But, and so I got I was really kind of depressed. Yeah. <laughs> for a I long, mean, yeah. You have to know Adam's track record though. I mean, this isn't the first time he's done some Oh, hell shit, no. you know. I mean, he's oh, he's, he, he's been shit, a snake bro. for a long time and there's yeah. a lot of people in the voluntarist, uh, you know, libertarian community that know full well what he's done, you know, and yeah. It's just it's it's weird how um just because he had the Adam versus the Man show a yeah. long time ago, like he still gets, you know, supporters from that. So, it's um Yeah. Hmm. And the other part of me was like, um, you know, always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, how does he get out of all these serious charges that he gets? You know, he gets these felony drug possessions, you know, racking a shotgun in Freedom Plaza. <clears throat> and he never seems to get sentences that stick. And so then I'm like, okay, maybe I don't want to fuck with this at all. Like, is he somebody's asset? Well, he, but then he, he had an ankle bracelet for yeah, a couple of years, I think. That's true. No. But then you look at these guys, and they're just—they're desperate. They're just like a a, a crew of roving, uh, like con artists, really, like um, grifters. I don't know. They—I <clears throat> don't know. They just—I feel like they stepped into the deep end of the pool on accident. You know, they were trying to play like the big boy DNRs and got with someone that's not an asshole, and that someone told me, "Hey, this is what happened." So for me, it's—it's it's been like I fucking want justice you know and like right. well what is justice well for me you know i guess it would be just that the truth comes out that it's exposed but uh he'll never he'll never admit it um yeah. but like you said there's there's a you know you've got the mulligan mint that whole thing uh with the i guess coins that were supposed to be gold people got a bunch of copper coins with adam's face on them um <laughs> you got uh you got uh, the Shield Mutual, I guess, was the libertarian insurance company that they didn't pay. Um, Tatiana Moroz was threatened by Adam via Ben Farmer. They didn't deny that. They corroborated that. That's all screenshotted on Facebook. Um, Adam says you have 24 hours to take back the lies and vitriol you said about him. Hashtag time's up. Uh, this shit is like... Yeah. Uh, messaging a nine-year-old, the nine-year-old son of his staffer, pressuring uh, the kid, saying, I don't want your parents to go to jail, so they need to do the right thing. I know your parents are trying to screw me. Like, he's a piece of shit, but, like, uh, somehow or another, do you think following. Do you think, now, this could just be a, uh, a theory here, but do you think at any point it could be symptoms of, like, uh, PTSD cause him just to fucking go go insane or what I, I I don't know but he very well could have PTSD you know I think he's admitted yeah. he does right um to be honest though I think he is uh just has uh NPD um toxic narcissism to be honest hmm. um and I'm not the only one that <clears throat> kind of said that but that could also be related to the to the uh war as well but the interesting thing was as a marine I don't think he um I had another anonymous source mail me and say he never saw combat. Uh, then again, he was doing psyops, torturing people. That's his own mm. his own admission. So like, it's not too far afield of his expertise, I guess. Well, um, he, I I have said I think he needs help. Um, yeah. For sure, uh, he's a compulsive liar and uh, very charismatic. And the book Freedom is not 
it's not wrong really as far as voluntarists go, but what I'm trying to tell people is politicians always say the right thing and then do the other thing. So that's been the response from a lot of people, but, but, but freedom, but the book, Hmm. a, but, you know, people don't listen to his words. We, we did a debate together and he suggested fingerprinting homesteaders under his non-government. First, they got a thing. First, you got to collect a thumbprint before you can homestead. And I'm like, you know, is anyone hearing this? Like, this what, is what not- was his reasoning behind it? I, uh, I to to somehow fairly divvy up the land of national parks, but like the whole thing from sounds, the beginning sounds a bit socialist, right? <laughs> it's totally socialist. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's he's good at talking and and deflecting, and it sounds like there's no break. But if you actually listen, then you'll start to see all the inconsistencies. But um, right. yeah, so uh, I don't know. I don't know if I did the situation justice at all. But the whole thing just exploded, and uh, I finally kind of found peace with. I haven't given up. It's been exposed. There is some legal action being taken, hmm. um, but it just began to consume my life because I was so angry. Um, well, you and have a right to be. I, I mean, your family's. Yeah safety was in jeopardy yeah. and but the, the the most infuriating thing for me is that he's pretending to be a voluntarist yeah you know he's using this uh, storefront of self-ownership and uh, and you know and there's legions of well maybe not legions anymore but people that say well if you criticize him you're being divisive and so many of us are trying to say it's not divisive if we're calling out a snake in the grass, you know, he's right. not a voluntarist. He's not within the circle. Um, I don't know. The whole, his whole story is fucked up. I think his dad has a history of being a con man too. And uh, But yeah, it, it just, it was surreal, Shay, because I never thought, I was just writing fucking blogs. Right. I thought, yeah. I'm annoying these guys. That's cool. Um, but I never thought that, you know, I didn't realize Steam It was their whole income. I didn't realize that they were going to try to, you know, hire some <laughs> cyber pro to take me out. Like, that's it, that it, sounds it like you know some hard. yeah some weird um, you know like some sort of TV drama you know with uh, yeah. with psyops and all that. It's like, really? I mean, were you were you that much of a a hindrance to his campaign that he had to send cyber security after you? You know, like yeah. Okay, pretty, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, dude. Exactly. Whatever. So Exactly. Exactly. So So yeah, I don't know. I'm happy to see that uh a lot of people I'm still check cruising the comments sections here and there and um my one Twitter account that he hasn't blocked, I kinda see what's going on over there every now and then. It seems like people are people are consistently asking about the situation now. That's like, good. Yeah. At least and, it hasn't and, died down, you know? Yeah. And big thanks to Larkin Rose, but um, it's it's totally bizarre, man. <laughs> so a- after all that, going back to teaching was kind of like, ah, okay, just a, yeah, <laughs> you know, just screw a sort all this of re- relief in a bit, yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, and and like I said, there's evidence that that hasn't been released. I I don't feel I need to really prove anything anymore. I don't know, you know, they're never gonna admit it. Uh, but they've pretty much painted themselves into a corner. I mean, the uh, the press secretary's official response was, uh, 
little man in Japan. I mean, if that tells you, like, uh, that's the press secretary for a presidential campaign. Yeah. Like, these, these guys are losers. Like, they're they're a ragtag team of dudes that Kokesh has scraped together and given them titles, like press director secretary. of tech or press secretary. It's like, you know. So they all hate me, so I feel I've done my job. That's all I really wanted was to show that he wasn't a voluntarist. And Well, hey, I mean, I, I think the evidence speaks for itself at this point. You've presented it, and people are still asking him about it. It's definitely hurt his his campaign you know but it's his own doing you know it's it's like karma coming back to get him you know yeah yeah and that's the other thing uh i always want to say to people like especially supporters like quit trying to get me to accept this i'm not trying to get anyone to accept anything uh but please look at it and make up your own mind you know don't just do the knee jerk smear campaign you know right i mean what Uh, what exactly do you have to gain from trying yeah. to falsely smear him you know it's like there's not a well, yeah there's not a you don't really gain anything from it you know so yeah the campaign's been saying attention uh from the beginning his supporters well, you just want attention They're like why would i want this kind of attention and that's you know what kind of how does that help me do what i want to do exactly. i'm not making money from my videos i'm not making money on steam it really anymore like you know they have a lot to lose, I guess, if their whole paycheck was coming from one donor, and the donor was a half decent dude, hmm. and and he finally pulled all of it back. So you know, they're they're calling me a troll and stuff, but people should look to that donor that gave him half a mil. Why did he take it away? Is yeah. he a troll too? You exactly. know, exactly. So, uh, well, I don't know, man. Uh, it's N- nothing but positive things from here on out, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, you you're focusing on the uh, the marathon right now. That's that's clearing out a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah. what's what lies ahead? Do you have any um, uh, big big plans for Voluntary Japan in the near future, or is it um, just sort of taking it as it goes at this point? Um, as for big plans. Mm-hmm. Just focusing on unschooling, really. Yeah. Uh, my son's about to start uh, at a free school um, next April, uh, but that's kind of that's not the only reason. But I've just kind of viewed that in light of all this madness, especially as maybe the most practical thing I could do to help spread voluntarism and the principles is by not raising the next generation of human beings to view slavery as normal. Uh, murder as acceptable and uh, that it's just been striking me more and more recently how powerful that is that wow maybe my son can grow up maybe these other kids can grow up uh, looking at things like taxation and saying wait what that's so fucked up that people used to do that yeah. because really you can argue with people on the internet all day you'll probably you might change one or two minds uh, but I see the unschooling thing as such a powerful way to peacefully take a real practical slice out of the state's power so I want Voluntary Japan um, to focus on that I'm posting on uh, Steemit, Patreon uh, Twitter but like I said I've kind of I've kind of downshifted a bit so I'm not posting three or four times a day but right. I think the focus is going to be unschooling um, cryptocurrency uh, like um, agorism I know we were going to hang out uh, in October. Right. Didn't quite work out, but uh, Nick 
uh, Sikorsky came up from Nagano. Okay. Brought some of his organic vegetables from his farm. Nice. Uh, cooked some some venison. It was pretty interesting. So we're focusing on co- community building and yeah. direct action, and uh, that kind of family and friendship thing. And um, so I feel like this whole co-cast thing almost was kind of a, a much needed thing that kind of really shifted my focus back away from the sensational bullshit back to okay what can I really do yeah, um, yeah. not that I was ever a sensationalist but you know what I mean trying to be part of that world versus right fuck Actually, this I'm gonna focus on my putting it into practice you know so, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing uh, I'm curious I don't know how much um, personal information uh, personal information uh, how much you'd want to show it but a lot of people would be curious to see what a free school is like do you do you plan on is there any sort of um, rules that they have where about about filming it or I mean obviously there's other other people's uh, children and stuff but is there any way to show what goes on there without exposing like the personal information of, of others and stuff because uh, I think a lot of people would be curious as to see how one of those schools operates cool yeah, I, yeah. I've done a few posts on it but I haven't done anything like that like in depth um, I think I just have to get the permission from the parents, which right. would probably be pretty easy to do, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have posted, I posted a video of them before, but that was in a public place. So, um, but yeah, that's a uh, that's a good idea. I might do something like that. So far, all I've posted is just like their artwork and yeah, like what a, we've done. But like a what day, I, what, like a day day in the life of a unschooler or something, you know. Just um, that would be great. like a video series or something. I don't know. I mean, that's just that's something I'd be curious to see. You know? Yeah. No, that that's that's probably where where it's at. Actually, that's what people would yeah really like to see um, how it works. Because I know uh, I don't know if I mentioned last time. Maybe I did. Uh, but um, like even my parents didn't understand really. Uh, but they uh, the school allowed me to come speak to the Japanese dads because they were kind of skeptical. And um, I'm a license. I was a licensed teacher, um, so they really wanted all those questions asked as well. Like, you know, are there classes? What do they do? You know, are you know, how is it different from uh, a public school? So that's definitely something I should do. Um, it's a good idea. And basically, how how it's different is that instead of bells ringing and you got to stop what you're doing um, you you choose what you want to do and you do that for as long as you want uh, you can still use public school textbooks if you want um, but there is structure there uh, everyone kind of participates um, so yeah I, it, it's I'm, freer I, than a public school though like. y- yeah it's totally free actually I mean you don't you don't like my thinking is uh, my son likes it because the kids there and the people there. Um, but if he didn't want to go there, we'd figure something else out. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you decide what you want to study. Like they've got kids there at eight years old making like life plans on a on a big poster until until you're eighty. Like, what do you? Wow. Have they? You know, it's probably they, not going to work out like exactly like that. But yeah. they're already. But they're thinking, planning. Yeah. Yeah. Are they reading Jordan, Jordan Peterson at age eight <laughs> or something? You know. Clean your room. Yeah. No, they're. So like, what they do there is they take it really easy on kids up until like age twelve, and uh, and then they get out the belt and start beating them. No, they uh, <laughs> they um. Welcome to life. 
know? Yeah, this is life. Deal with it. They just, uh, at that point, they say, okay, what do you want to do? Are you looking to go to college or not? You know, what kind of career do you want to have? And they kind of get serious like that. So as for my son, I'm, he has the opportunity to check out the public school. Yeah. And I told him, if you want to go and you like it, that's fine. I think you're not, you're probably not going to like it because he's pretty high energy. And one of his main complaints about the uh, kindergarten that he sometimes goes to was they don't let him uh, finish his Lego pyramids because the period ends. And I'm telling him, like, that's how it's going to be at school, you know. It's, uh, you get into physics, and then physics period's over, and then you've got to wrench your attention away from that and become interested in something else, and uh, highly unnatural. So yeah, whole thing's a big adventure. I don't know. But, yeah, doing a day in the life is a super good idea. I'll see if I can uh, make that happen for sure. Yeah, and even just, like, short vlogs or something would, would, would be interesting too, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally. yeah, I'd, like I said, I'd I'd like to see that just to to see you know any tactics that I could use you know with some of my classes or or something you know just for be, sure be, be as as least le, least in, intrusive as I can on on um, the direction of where they want to go with what they're totally. doing. Totally, you know what I mean. I think I mentioned uh, John Holt last time. You may have, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how children learn, how children fail. That was his struggle. He was a public school teacher, and his whole—he's writing books about how he can least interfere with uh, kids. And and some of the stuff he wrote was pretty pretty moving, like talking about how uh, adults tend to try and hide their emotions from kids and always keep an even keel. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually creeps kids out. <laughs> they actually, you know, it does, right? I mean, you had that teacher that you knew was just boiling under the surface, and they're like, you know. Mm. So he writes about losing his shit with the kids and the kids laugh smiling because they finally saw, you know, and having talks like that with kids, like, you're not scared. Like, no, we know you're mad. Why don't you just show it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff for sure. Well, I mean, it's also good to show, I mean, it's, it's not really good to get scary, you know, like scary, no, angry no. at, well, uh, at, at little kids, but at the same time, it's good to sh- show them that it's okay to express their emotions and not bottle everything up either That's you it. know what i mean yeah. so if yeah. you're happy show you're happy if you're sad show you're sad if you're angry maybe control it a little bit but you know well yeah, uh, yeah. You don't, don't don't unleash on kids but <laughs> you know <laughs> but i mean like just you know even just saying i feel angry right now and yeah. you know that's all i mean like I, I don't mean throwing the kids at the wall but <laughs> but yeah but like yeah. his students whole students would say like yeah your face is turning red why are you trying to smile and act pleasant? You know, we know you're pissed off right now. Right. And uh, so that kind of liberation for me is the the main thing about the free school and unschooling um, is where you're not trying to live up to this kind of robotic mask that everyone's expected to wear. You know. So. Well, yeah, but good, I think man. I think that's going to be the focus. So. Well, cool. Well, I'm curious to see it, and I definitely think you could. Uh, you could enlighten a lot of people with that because you know a lot of a lot of people may feel the same way but they're like i don't know where to find one of these places or what to do or how it is you know so it could just shine a light into that um system and you know get more people curious about it i think cool yeah yeah there's um these uh gaku are actually everywhere so 
I think you have a point there. A lot of people don't know. Um, and uh, a lot of people think they're just for, like, uh, learning disabled children or, mm. or problem children, you know, pro the problem child. Um, but actually, there's a lot of them around uh, that really are just a bit more flexible than the public school. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope your, uh, your issues with a Mr. AK is uh, have has, has yeah 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 well uh, is that what you call him Cokehead? <laughs> I call him Coke Rash. Oh, Coke Rash. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ironic for some reasons. I, I was using that name for a long time as a joke, but anyway, well, I won't get into that. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, but um, yeah, actually, I think that's been a good, a great thing too. Um, it's been blown wide open and. Uh, so yeah, now time to move the energy to something positive, though running and free schooling and selling toys. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let so, that be the fallout. Yeah. If you would, um, just uh, tell everyone where they can find the voluntary toys and uh, your scorum as well. Yeah. What is the scorum? Uh, uh, voluntary toys is just on Twitter, so that's at toys voluntary, and uh, there's links to the eBay shop in there. Um, Scorum, my name is uh, Running Japan seventy seven. You can find me there. Um, yeah, and uh, Voluntary Japan. There's a Voluntary Japan official account on Steemit still, which is still active. And uh, I'm also over on Patreon. Um, I do some exclusive content there, and then I pretty much put all my Steemit posts and uh, free schooling posts on the Patreon account as well. And uh, YouTube, as as much as I hate to say it, is still it's where where the whole thing started, and yeah, it's 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 useful and it works for me, and they haven't kicked me off yet. So yeah, um, <laughs> YouTube channel is Voluntaryist Japan because that was when I started and I didn't know I was going to name it. Uh, but if you search Voluntary Japan, it'll pop up. Okay, well, Graham, thank you again. You're always welcome back. And um, anything else you wanna you wanna say before we end this one? Uh, I don't think so. I, I hope I didn't ramble too much, man. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 good. I I like right. I like I like guests that have something to talk about, and you're very interesting to hear. And um, I just know from um, from feedback I've I've gotten from listeners is they they really enjoyed the last one we did. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Yeah, no worries. Take it easy, man. You too. All right.